The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. good and wonderful to be with you this morning. Let's keep standing and we go straight in. I bring you greetings from my wife. She should have been here with me on this trip, but um, she's still, you know, after your nation has been locked down for about two, three years, it takes time for some people to get back into flying and all that. But um, hopefully, very soon we'll be able to come back here and be a blessing to you together. Amen. Um, Let's just go straight into God's word. Let's stay standing. I'll be reading from John chapter 11, verses 1 to 5, from the English Standard Version, ESV, English Standard Version. So it will come up on the screen, and I want you to clear your truth. It's important for us to hear ourselves read God's word out loud. It does something to your heart. You know, the heart is likened to the soil. And then the word of God is likened to seed. And how do you plant seed in the soil? You open up the soil, you put in the seed, and you cover the soil and water it and all that. And that's how God's word is, grows in our heart. We speak it out. By so doing, we sow into our heart. So it's important for you to hear yourself read God's word. So together, we read John chapter 11, verses 1 to 5. It will come up on the screen. If my second slides will come up, that will really be good. Are we ready? How many people know this is a worship experience? And this is not an entertainment. So it's important we participate together. Amen? Amen. So I want your response. Okay, are we ready? Let's clear our truth. Okay, go. Now, a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. Let us pray, shall we? Father, the entrance to your word gives light, and it brings understanding to the simple. We ask that our eyes be opened this morning as we'll examine your word. Father, you don't want us to have Um, carry your word mentally and just carry it, but you want us to be doers of your word. So as your word comes forth, help us as well to receive courage and boldness to do that which we hear you say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Get my slides on, please. What's highlighted there? Saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. We'll come to that. This is one of the, my favorite stories in scriptures. 
in the first service, I spoke about them very briefly. Martha, Mary, from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. I spoke very briefly about them. And then went on to Luke chapter 11, where Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Oh, it's good to have my friend in the service. You know, I don't want to embarrass them. My friend and his wife, they are here. And so, great. Very good friend. A friend of about 47 years. Because we were in school together. You know. But he's still a young man. When you are 37 and you've been a friend of someone that is 47. You know, so that means you're as old as you feel. Is that not so? Yeah. I told them yesterday I was 25. What do you want to do about that? That's how I feel. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know? So I, I, I spoke about, you know, Mary Martha from Luke chapter 10 in the first service. Today, um, this, after this session, in this experience, I have to learn to call your services worship experience. So in this experience, I want to talk from John 11. And we are going to do it together, okay? Okay. Uh, you, you've read John 11, 1 to 5. Haven't you read it? Are you ready? Now, open your top. Get it on the screen again. We're going to, I'm going to do it this time around. Go back again to verse 1. And then pay attention because at the end of my reading, I'll be asking questions. Okay? Do you agree? Yes. Okay. You can't feel this. Don't worry. I'll ensure you don't. You, know, you, you can't feel it. Okay. Just pay attention as I read. Now a certain man was ill. What's his name? Of the village of and her sister. Okay. And I now identifies who Mary is. He said, he's the same Mary who anointed Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Mary is the lady that anointed Jesus Christ. You need to understand what that means. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to die. And then I will be in the grave for three days. Then I will rise again. And then the moment he tells them, Peter comes around and says, God forbid, that won't happen. He doesn't understand that. He said, no, get it behind me, Satan. It's Satan who will try and frustrate what Jesus is trying to do. Because if he doesn't go to the cross, we can never be saved. And it's important we are saved because God wants a family. He lost people. He wants a family. And so he says, there's something that blocks people from being my family. From being my children, he wants to be a father. And so he's ready to take out that which separates us from being his children, which is sin, and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make it happen. And so is that same Mary who anointed him, who prepared his body for burial. And it's important his body is prepared for burial because he's going to use it after three days. Does that make sense? So Mary plays a significant role in God's agenda. So it's the same Mary. Then go on, let's go on. So we're at number three. So the sisters sent to him. Who did they send to? Who did they send to? They sent to Jesus. They sent to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. What do you call that? This, if, if you say that to Jesus, what will you call that? Prayer. Do you agree with me? Talk to me. What do you call that? Okay, now say this after me. He whom you love is ill. How long did that take? Talk to me. A few seconds. Just simple prayer. Why? 
I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Why would that simple prayer move the Almighty? You will see the foundation that led to these girls, these ladies, these two women, Martha Mary, and I suspect it's Mary that prayed that prayer. Not Martha. That's my suspicion, but there's no way. In, it doesn't say that in Scripture. Because when in Luke 10, Jesus visited their home, guess who was busy listening to Jesus? And who was busy entertaining Jesus? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are encumbered about so many things. Mary has chosen that which is useful. So Mary sits down at the feet of Jesus. Sorry, is anybody looking at the time for me, please? I don't want to overshoot. How long have I spent? Okay. Good, I've got a time out. So it's Mary who sits at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. And so she's the one who understands Jesus. And so they prayed that prayer. What's the prayer? Less than 10 seconds. Less than 10 seconds prayer. Just prayer. And then he says, but when Jesus had it. So that means Jesus had the prayer. Jesus had. And the most important thing in our life is to ensure we are hard. That's it. Just, it's, it's, once you have confidence that God hears your prayer, John tells us later in 1 John, then this is the assurance that we have. Once you have that confidence, then we will receive that which you have asked of him. But that's not what I'm looking at this morning. So when Jesus added, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I'm not looking at that this morning. Now, what's verse 5? Let's read verse 5 again together. Now, now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And it's not just enough. Let's look at this. It's important to read this. Jesus is verse 5. Jesus loves and, uh, and Lazarus. Let's go back to verse 3. It's important. Open it. Get back again. I'll keep going back. Okay, it's there. What, what does verse 3 say? What? He whom you love. So, what do they know? What do they know? Verse 5 tells us Jesus loves them and they know it. It is not enough for God to love you. It's important for you to know it. I know for a fact from study of scripture that God loves the world but the, lo the world doesn't know it. I know for a fact as truth that God loves every one of his children but many of his children don't know it. So the secret to the prayer they pray is the fact that Jesus loved them and they knew it. What are they asking Jesus to do in that prayer? Nothing. They're not asking him to do anything. They're not asking him to do anything. They're just telling him that just in case you don't know, our brother whom you love is ill. And you know, we know, you love him. Do what you like. 
And I think it's important to recognize that. I'll tell you later on why and how I came to appreciate the love of God. And in Ephesians, in the prayer of um, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 17, and I'm reading from ESV. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is Paul praying for the church. And this prayer, I believe, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, Ephesians chapter 3. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Being you, we what? Rooted and grounded in love. NLT puts it this way, verse 17 of NLT, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You read that and you just pass over you depending on how you read it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but let me share with you my experience. I, I read that, and it says that your root will go down into God's love. Because if you read the Old, the New Testament, in the light of the Old Testament, you are likely to read it as that your roots will grow down in your love for God. You know why? What's the foundation of the Old Testament? Somebody came to Jesus Christ and said, tell us, what's the rule? What's the, if you summarize the law and the prophet, what would be the summary? It says, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And then the second is like unto you, it's unto it, that you love your, as your. So the first law in the Old Testament is for you to love God with all your heart. So if you then read the New Testament in the light of that, every time you see the love of God or the, you know, you would think it's you loving God. And you know like Peter, when Jesus came to Peter, he said, do you love me more than this? It's like, eh, yeah, but and then three times he asked him and three times, like the third time he said, look, Lord, you know, you know, you know, you know. So you, you know that our, your love for God, I know that my love for God is not as it should be. I know that. So when I now read in scripture that my foundation should be in the love of God and I'm thinking it's my love for God and I'm thinking that's a shaky foundation because I'm thinking about me loving God. And that's the way I read it. Until May 19, 2012. It was a Saturday. I was in this church in Ipswich. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a member of the church. My family was going there, but I wasn't living in England. I was in Lagos, and then the pastor was going to be my senior pastor. He invited me. I was there. I was seated in the congregation, and I was just minding my business when the preacher was preaching. And then as he preached, he just got into 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And I was like, I mean, I've heard that before. And he just read it out. He said it there. And in verse John 4, 18, he said, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I just had that at that meeting. And then I just turned off. 
Because the moment I had that, then a conversation began right in my heart. I was hearing that conversation. I, I heard it. He said, what does it say? He said, there's no fear in love. Then I had this right within me. If you truly believe that God loves you, why are you afraid to obey me? If you truly believe, that's, you know, right there in my, in my heart. I had that conversation. If you truly, because it, perfect love, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. I say, if you truly believe that my love for you is perfect, why are you afraid to obey me? Because before then, God had been trying to get me to go back to England. And I said, no. I didn't want to go back. Because when I came to Nigeria 14 years before, I brought my coffin. That is where my ministry will be. And because I was sent by the church to come and start in Lagos here. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere else. This is where I will die. So after 10 years, and God began to move in my heart to move back, I said, no, where will I start again at 48? I wasn't going to do that. So I wasn't going to go back. But that May 19, when I heard, if you truly believe that my love for you is perfect, why are you afraid to obey me? I quickly came back to Lagos, packed in my business, went back to England, not knowing what I would do. Can you imagine? You are 48. You are relocating. And I'd lived in London for many years. But I wasn't going back to London. I was going back to, I was going to a small town. I've never lived in a town all my life. I'm a city boy. I grew up, born in a city, grew up in a city, and moved to another city. Now, in a small town of less than 150,000 people, I, I, I was moving there. I went back there October that year. I tell you this, almost every day for the next one and a half years or so, I was crying. I was, not that I was crying. No, I would weep. And because I couldn't weep at home. How, how, will you, how will your wife catch you crying? You're a man. I mean, an African man. I was raised that way. Men don't cry. But man, I, was, I, I will go out and walk, and I'll be crying on the street. And I'll be like, Lord, I'm 48. What am I going to do here? Get a job? This is what you've called me to. Start a church? This is what you've called me to. Oh, is this how my life will end? And I'll be crying. And then I, but then this will come to my perfect love. Cast out fear. Do you really, really believe God loves you? For, the, for about 15, 18 months, I was crying every day. I will cry and I will say, oh Lord, I didn't know what to do. What will I do with my life? What will I do? I didn't know. And then at that time, he was beginning to show me because God made it clear to me that you have more confidence in yourself than you have in me, he said. I was like, no, Lord, you know, I'm a faith man. I believe you. He said, no, no, you have more confidence in yourself than you have in me. Wow. What am I going to do? I'm like, yes, I, and I became a baby. I began to, how do I receive the, word, the, the love of God? How do I plant it in me? How do I come to believe that God loves me and is perfect and there should be no fear in obedience, in obeying him? Then I went back, those songs, Way back in Sunday school, you know, we were kids, and we would sing that, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. I began to, I sang that at the age of 48. 
I began to understand it. It began to squeeze. I must have sung it a million times. Because everywhere I go, I have to sing it again because I needed to persuade my heart, to reconfigure my heart, that to receive the love of God. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm stuck. Like I'm in jail. I can't, I'm not doing anything. And I'll just be crying. Jesus loves me. I'll cry like a baby. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me. There's nothing else but to stand and believe God's word. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. I didn't know when it happened. But during that time, something happened. I knew that I knew that I knew that God loves me. What does it mean to me? I am of value to God. I am cared for. I delight my father, not by anything I've done, but by all he has done in Christ. Something broke. I knew it. And since then, I wake up every morning terribly excited that I'm God's son. God is my father. Doesn't matter what is happening. That might be cost of living crisis. Doesn't matter what is happening on earth. I know God is my father. I don't know what you, whether you know what it is, what the feeling that comes, knowing that your father has your back. I don't know whether you have experienced that feeling that look, the creator of the universe, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of everything created is your father. I don't know, something Now, don't forget, I was still thinking, what am I going to do with my life? That's not the issue again. It is, look, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm loved. God cares for me. It doesn't matter. I've got life that the grief cannot stop. I've got the very nature of God. I've got his DNA. I've got eternal life. Kill me. I'm with him. It doesn't matter. He has my back. I mean, I have nothing in the bank. I have no car. And I haven't changed my suit. And the only thing I have is this. Doesn't matter. I'm loved. Then I realized as I began to study that the heart of man was made for love. That's why the foundation of the Old Testament was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. And the foundation of the New Testament in John chapter 13 verse 34, Jesus said, the new commandment I give unto you is to love one another as as 
as I have loved you. You can't love one another if you don't recognize and appreciate and, and have an appreciation of how much he has loved us. That's why the old and the new are not the same. The old is the shadow. The new is the substance. And in the new, it starts with the love the Father has for us. And that's what those girls knew. Mary, Martha, Lazarus. That's why their, their brother will be dying. And they're not screaming or shouting and vibrating. Oh God, oh God. No, they're just saying, Lord, Lazarus, our brother, he whom you love is sealed. Whatever you want to do, do. I tell people, I said, if anything happened to me, I'm unable to pray. Don't tell God anything I've done. Just tell him. Mention my name to him and tell him, he whom you love. Don't, don't, don't tell him anything else. Just mention my name. I said, your son that you love. That's all. You tell me, which other prayer have you seen in the, before Christ? I mean, before the cross. That is this simple, deep, profound. Not telling God to do anything. You see, and from that moment, I resigned my position as God's advisor. Because before then, I'll go to prayer telling God, I'm instructing him. You know, I know more than he does. So I have to tell him what to do. I resigned my position. And then I bask in his love. And we discuss what's on your mind. You know more than I do. You are the almighty. You are my father. You are the big, you know. And then also I found from Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you did not know. So the place of prayer then becomes a place where, like a movie theater, I just want to see things I don't know. He's smarter than I am. He's the most high God. We live in time and space. He lives beyond time and space. It, space, it, it, he has no time. Because time is a created thing. So, so I became, things changed. Things changed. Prayer becomes a place of discussion. Most of the time in prayer, I'm asking questions. I'm asking because I want to know what I did not know. I want to know those things that are beyond me. I'm going to, I'm traveling, Lord. What will happen? What will I do? Who will I meet? What will I do this? And somebody might be saying this. Well, you're just asking questions. And guess what? It's purpose delight to show you. It's purpose delight. So if it's purpose delight to show us, then what should be our delight? To pay attention. To listen. So, again, prayer becomes what I do, which we have to be devoid of agitation, the stress of the heart, the, be, be, be moved by circumstances and all that. We want to work on that so that we, prayer becomes a place where we receive. But then it will be very difficult to do that if we do not know what these girls know, which is Jesus loves them, verse 5 and verse 3, they know it. And they act on it, and it becomes the basis of their prayer. They just tell Jesus, he whom you love is ill. And then you can see behind the scene all that Jesus did. He had it. 
he began to work on it. And he stays behind where he is for two extra days because he knows what he's going to do when he gets there. But that is the bit I'm just talking about. Love is the greatest, strongest foundation with you to, for, for a wonderful, thriving relationship with Papa God. Receiving his love. Recognizing how much you are cared for. Recognizing how much you are provided for. Recognizing how significant you are. When, you know, we, we spend so much time in the Old Testament. The, the psalmist saying, I am but warm. And of this and of that. Spend time in the New Testament and see how significant you are in the eyes of Papa. Let it be the basis of your, our prayer. Where we go to Papa knowing we are loved. Show that on my slide. You know, the, 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 the father who has the baby on his neck. Put it on the screen. That's the way. See yourself. I should see myself when I'm praying that God carries me on his neck. You know, we are chatting. Papa, look at that. You know, I'm, I'm careful, eh? Because until you experience it, it will just be like fairy tale. Where in the place of prayer, you see God carrying you. You are asking him questions. You are saying, Papa, look at this is what Moses did. That's funny. Why would he do such a thing? And then you're like, what? You're discussing with him things that happen in history, things that are happening, and things that will happen. You're just saying, Lord. Because again, many times before then, we were so encumbered with having our needs met. You know, I, want to, I should be able to pay my rent. I should be able to pay off the car lease. I should be able to put petrol in the car. I should be able to put diesel in the generator. Those, you know what God has done? In order for those things not to be an income between us and him, he provided all that in Christ Jesus. He said, I just want to have fellowship with my children. All my needs are there in Christ. The problem, let me quickly say this. The problem is not getting God to do anything. The challenge is us receiving what he has done. That's the challenge. How do we receive what Papa has done? And that's what these girls know. The heart is made for love. When I was growing up, I remember when we were in school, um, um, somebody sang a song, it's so good, loving somebody, and somebody loves you back. How many people know that? It's so good, so good, so good, loving somebody, and somebody loves you back. To be loved, and be loved in return, is the only thing my heart desires. I found out that that is true. To be loved, and to love in return, is not just Teddy Pendergrass's heart that desires that. I'm convinced that's what every heart desires, to be loved. It changed my life forever, knowing in my being that Papa loves me. It changes everything. To be loved and to love in return. Put it on the screen. Put it on the screen. The, the, the lyrics there. Come, just keep moving on. Yes, the woman had decided, yes. To be loved and to love in return is the only thing my heart desires. Just appreciate the little things I do. Oh, you are the one who got me inspired. Keep on lifting me, lifting, lifting me higher. It's not just, I'm not talking about human love. There's a place for that. I'm talking about divine love. So you go to God and say, it's so good, so good. 
loving some, but for him, First John 8, 4, First John 4, I think verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. And that's what I just want to share with you. To say he recognized that. That's what Martha and Mary did. Jesus loved them and they knew it. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Jesus loves you. Do you know it? Are you persuaded? Are you convinced? That's what I just want to say. That's why Ephesians 3 talks about to be grounded and rooted in God's love. And I did that. If I sent you an email about 10, 12 years ago, I will sign it up. What are they for you? And then I'll quote if, uh, 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 if, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Grounded and rooted. That was when I was walking on it. I was walking on it. I was grounding myself. I was rooting myself in the love of the Father. And I was saying again and again by myself, probably doing that even in my sleep. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible. You, you, you have rappers. Get your rappers to do that. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus. You know, let, let them wrap it. Turn it around. Whatever it is, get into it. Let it reconfigure your heart. Calibrate your heart. Sink it, sink it into your heart. Papa loves. Especially you, yeah, if you become his child. What does it take to become his child? John 1, 12. To as many as received Christ Jesus. He authorized, he empowered to become. To become. To become. And once you have become, you want to be grounded in the love of the Father. That's the strongest foundation on which to thrive. I want to encourage you. I want to en- what? I want to what? Encourage you. That's what these girls knew. Martha and Mary. Jesus loved them and they knew it. They knew it. And that's why they were not stressed in prayer. Did they understand everything? No, because you know exactly what happened. When Jesus now came and they said, if only you had come earlier, my brother would not have died. He said, but I'm here now. Oh, it's too late. He said, no, I'm the, I'm the resurrection. Yeah, we know he will rise. Look, he said, we, he said, your brother will rise. He said, no, we know he will rise again on the last day because to them, resurrection is time. And Jesus says, beyond time is a person. I am the person of resurrection. And when the person of resurrection is there, time becomes insignificant because that which was meant to be a million years time can happen right now when the person of resurrection is here. So, say, don't look at time. Look at me. Don't look at time. Look at me. They, they didn't understand everything, but they recognized how much he loved them. And then he then helped them. He changed their theology from time to present. And you see a little bit of that in quantum phases. You know, when we're talking about space-time. You know, I'm, 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 my wife would tell me, don't turn it into a physics class. So, let's get away. But... You, when you begin to, 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 to enjoy and move in the love of the Father, you then begin to see that some things that are meant to be in time are actually in the person of Christ. And it changes your view and outlook of time and space and relationship and people. 
Because we have life that, is, that the grave cannot stop. We can be confident in the affairs of this life because we have something the grave cannot stop. So I want to encourage us. Whatever, don't just say, oh, I've listened to this now. It's a process. We are all in different stages of this process. There are those that grew up, come from a background, they have been abused. They've been taken advantage of. They never experienced the love of a father. Their father, even there are people whose fathers abuse them. And then when you now come and say, God is a good father, they, something triggers. And they see the image of their father and they say, no, it can't be. God cannot be because of their experience. I don't know your experience. But I can tell you that whatever your experience is, I'm not belittling it at all. But I'm just encouraging you to give God, to try God. He values each and every one of us. Let's stop looking at let's stop looking at the wrong mirror to see. I see myself. I see my failures. Things I should have done that I did not do. I did this. I did that. And all that. And I'm thinking, in the light of this, He cannot love me. No. Turn to your neighbor and say, No. God loves you. And if you have not become His child, you can be right now. And then walk and experience the love of the Father. The heart is meant to thrive in love, to receive love, and to give love. And, you know, so we are going to sing this. Uh, not, no, no, I'm not going to sing that. But I just want to sing it again. I sing it again. I've changed some of the lyrics and so I will work on it. But loving someone and to be loved and to love in return is the only thing my heart desires. To appreciate what Christ has done. To see how valuable I am in the sight of Papa. It inspires me. It keeps lifting me higher and higher and higher every day. That's what love does. When you are loved, guess what? It brings the best out of you. When I was growing up, all I wanted to do was to be the best in my class. You know why? Because of my parents. He was like, how could they sacrifice so much for me? I just wanted to please them. You know why? Because they loved me. They showed it by their sacrifice, by the things they did. And then when I now came to God, I now began to realize how much he has loved me. Guess what? I want to give my best to Papa. Not for anything. I can't earn it. He has chosen to bestow on us. First John 1 John 3, behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. I'm restraining myself because I'm speaking to you. If I over myself, I'll be running around the place. Because that's what happens. I want to encourage us. Mary Martha knew Jesus loved them. Jesus loved them, and they knew it. And I say to you, Papa loves you. God loves you. And be his mouthpiece this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, I'm not saying this because that guy is saying we should say it, but that might be the beginning, but I'm believing that very soon, it will not be just because I say you should say it. You'll be so convinced and persuaded. But at the moment, if you don't believe it, at least trust me this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm God's mouthpiece. And I'm telling you, he loves you. He values you. He cares for you.
it, it, and let me say to you, I don't know how things are in your life right now. I understand. I'm not believing that. I see it. I hear it. I've had it. I have family in this country. I hear what is happening. I'm not believing what is happening. But I'm, not, but I'm here to tell you a higher truth. The love of God will see us through any situation. The love of God will see us through any situation. And what does it mean to love? It's not just emotional faith. It's the fact that he values us. Many people misread the Bible. They say God calls man. He cannot. He cannot. When we fell, it was the devil, it was the serpent that was cursed. They heard that the ground was cursed. Life became very difficult for us, but we were never cursed. God loves us. He values us. He says we, he, he's given us esteem. We have significance to him. And he has shown that by giving us his best, his son, to die for us. So I just want to encourage us. Let's start building individually and collectively on this love that he has for us. Amen. And he has also shown his love by providing for us. He provided healing for our bodies. If there's anyone here, there's any illness in your body, according to the instruction he has given us, he said, we lay our hands upon the sick, they will recover. We will lay hands on you according to his word and see you healed in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll do that. That's part of the provision he has made for us. He loves us so much. So we stand together right now. We're going to sing that song twice. The first time we'll sing it individually. Jesus loves me. And then the second time, we're going to sing it collectively. Jesus loves us. Does that make sense? Talk to me. Okay. Are we ready? Sure. How many people know God loves them? I don't have a bad day. I don't have any bad day. In the, what, I mean, what I mean is I wake up in the morning just excited that the creator of the universe is my father. Do I have challenges? Of course. Do I have bills that need to be met? Of course. Things are happening around me. I'm not denying those things, but I'm saying in the midst of all these that are happening, don't look at me as if I've got it all together. No, things are happening. Life is happening to all of us together in various ways. But in the midst of this, we thrive and live in the love of the Father. That's what we are saying. That's what we are saying. That's what we are saying. I'm still waiting for my bill to be paid, for my rent to be paid. My car is being written off and trying to get the replacement. We're not denying that, but we're still saying, in the midst of this, we receive the love of the Father. Jesus loves me. Please, I know. Father, I know. Tell me so. Me too to belong. But he is strong.
and then as you begin to walk in this, move in this, your conversation will change. More often than not, you will stop calling him God. It becomes Papa, or Baba, whatever it is you want to. That endearment, see Jesus Christ. If you look at his prayer in John chapter 17, oh, just a prayer you can read in seven, eight minutes. Six times it says, Father, Holy Father, loving Father, Father, because that's, that's his language of endearment. He's just loved before he did anything. After he's just been baptized, the heavens open and he says, right from heaven, that is my son with whom I'm well pleased. What has he done? Nothing. He's just saying, look, you don't have to do anything just to receive. And then guess what? As you receive the love, it changes your action. But you're not doing anything to earn it. Because what? He has just loved you. He has just loved you. Come on, can I sing it one more time? Come on, come on. Somebody, come to your neighbor. Now, this time around, we are going to sing it differently. Now, you are going to be a prophet. God is going to use it right now to speak to your neighbor. So you turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. You should know. For the Bible tells you so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Come on! Rejected and because of what is happening within their workplace and all that, we've got to recognize that God loves us. Come to another neighbor and we'll sing it one more time. Come on, Jesus loves you. Come on. I just want to pronounce Papa's blessing on you. He's already, see, I don't, we're already, he's recognizing the blessedness of being his children. We're living in it, the, the unveiling of that. So I just want to say that. I just want to declare what he has said over us. And so if there's anyone here, if there's any ailment in your body, by the authority of scriptures, I speak to that ailment to vanish. In the name of Jesus. If there is anything in your organs, I speak to your organs to function as designed. In the name of Jesus Christ. If there is any eyesight problem, I speak to those eyes to receive correction. In the name of Jesus Christ. Migraine headache, go. 
in Jesus' name. And then if there are emotional problems, you know, depression is, is true. You know, things are not happening that they've been internalized and all that, and you are depressed and all that. I speak healing into that situation. In, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll be able to receive the compassion of the Father. You'll be able to receive the touch of the Father. That you'll be made whole in your mind. To a sound mind will live and operate in a sound body in the name of Jesus. I just pray that the revelation of the love of God will, per will permeate through you and bring about healing and wholeness in every area of your life in the name of Jesus. Receive all that God has made available in his son. Be healed. Be made whole. May your mouth be filled with testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.